Good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to this year of leaning in. And uh, we're, as I said last week, we're starting this major series that we're going to come back to several times over the next two years. It's a series about leaning into the Word of God, into the Bible, because we've been saying that an understanding of the whole Bible story is the single most important tool for getting the Bible right. Now, I wonder how you went with your homework. Last week, uh, I gave you the challenge to uh, use the SOAP method on about five different um, pieces of scripture. And if you did your homework, then uh, you should be really ready for what we're going to say uh, this morning. Uh, there are message notes also. If you have the, um, the Gateway app, you can get the message notes and that will help you just to understand what we're saying. and. It'll give you the homework for this week as well. So we're going to lean into learning and growing and lean into doing that in community. So that's really what this whole series is all about. Now, I'm wondering, have you ever been in on the beginning of something, like the beginning of um, uh, a new business, for instance? can be incredibly exciting. I know my daughter Beth was was involved in the beginnings of a group called Thank You that was a not-for-profit set up to, to put all of the profits of their uh, Thank You Water, which was their first product, uh, into majority world uh, countries. And she used to come home so excited about what they were planning to do. Beginnings are so important. If you don't start something well, it's pretty difficult to turn the ship around. Now, I've had cause to think this week about the beginnings of this church, Gateway. Uh, there's an image on your screen which shows you this is the moment where uh, Rick was being prayed over as a young man to, to be a leader in the church. It was a very humbling and exciting day. You'll might see three people in that um, in that photograph who are still around to this day. But the beginnings of this church, honestly, it wasn't so great. We we were so young and so inexperienced. We didn't really have a grasp on important things like vision or values or goals. We were planted by another church and it was just a case of, well, just do what this church does in a new place in the way it's always been done. But a few years down the track, God brought some influences in our lives, including great friends like Mark and Sally Ansel, and, and we started to dream a God dream of what this church could be a family of brothers and sisters committed to following Jesus and building a community where all people are welcome, regardless of your religious background or not. And all are challenged to see the beauty of a real-life, authentic encounter with the living God, an encounter that leads them to become apprentices of Jesus and lead others to do the same. Now, in the 38 years that this church has, has been in existence, many a time we've had cause to think back to those beginnings. And they've been a guiding light 
for us, something that we could measure ourselves against. And our report card has not always been A+. But we do have a guiding principle to base our standard on. We do have a beginning. Christ followers all across this globe and down through the centuries also have a beginning story against which they can measure their progress towards Christ-likeness. And we actually find it, surprisingly, in the first chapter of the Bible, Genesis 1 and a little bit of 2. Now, I'm going to read that for you because part of this series is going to be listening to some significant sections of Scripture. So maybe you can try and hear this as if you're hearing it for the first time, our beginning story. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God separated the light from the darkness and God called the light day and the darkness night. And the evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. Then God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that is what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. God called the space sky. And evening passed and morning came, marking the second day. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place, so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. And God called the dry ground land and the water sea. And God saw it was good. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. And God saw that it was good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the third day. And then God said, let the lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days and years. Let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth. And that is what happened. And God saw it was good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the fourth day. And then God said, let the waters swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water and every sort of bird, every producing, each producing offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply. And evening passed and morning came, marking the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth produce every sort of animal, every producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground and wild animals. And that is what happened. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, 
Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Then God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the sixth day. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. You know, there are many origins of the world stories floating around in ancient times. But this one that came from the ancient Hebrew people was absolutely unique. Unlike other stories such as um, the Babylonian or the Egyptian story, the world was not created out of violence by multiple gods fighting over the cosmos. And mankind was not created to be the servants of the gods. It is an absolutely unique and beautiful beginning story. What are the truths of this beginning story. Let's go through a few of them and then we're going to get to the so what's. In the beginning, God. There is a power that was self-existent, not created by anything else. He is the ground of being. That is our first truth. Secondly, we were created on purpose. We are not accidents of a random evolutionary process. Now, I'm not saying that I don't believe in many aspects of evolutionary theory, but we were created by God, however he did it, for a purpose. Thirdly, all humans, both male and female, carry the very image of God. He has given us stewardship over his good creation. And lastly, we are loved. There's a truth there. We bring joy to God. He said his whole creation, including humanity, was good. Okay, so there are truths. The big question is, so what? Well, there's some big ones. Firstly, if we were created in the image of God to be like him, we live our best life when we know what God is like and seek to live into his likeness. Now, how do we know God? Well, there are two major ways. The first way is a general revelation. You, you look at the beauty of the world around you. When you get to see nature in its unspoiled state and you, you find this welling up inside you, 
Who or what is the mind that created this beauty? Well, that is our God. And then we have these specific ways that God has shown us who he is. And, and obviously we, we know about this through what is revealed in scripture, and that is Jesus himself. Because we believe that the God of the universe, the God that created this world, came and became man. He showed us how a human can be like God because he was fully man and fully God. And to sum it all up, when we look at all of those revelations of God, we have love, pure love. We were created to be loved. I wonder how we're going with that. What's our report card of being able to sit in the knowledge that we mean everything to our Heavenly Father? How does that knowledge affect the way that we live our lives? Now, there is an opposite side to this, this coin. Yes, we were created in the image of God and we are everything to him. But we should live with the humility that we are not God. We owe everything to him, even the breath that we breathe. Our lives are heading in the right direction when we seek to bring glory to God in everything that we do and think. How are we going with that? What score would you give yourself on your report card? The third, so what, answers the big question. Why am I here and do I matter? Now, if you have time and uh, you're interested, I would encourage you to to search YouTube for um, a Billie Eilish um, song called "Why Was I? What Was I Made For?" She's just won um, a Grammy and performed that at the latest Grammy um, celebrations. But I saw it on. TV this week and it brought me to tears. It's this cry that all of us have within us to want to know why are we here? What purpose do we have? And our beginning story answers that question. We were made to reflect God into the world. And I would say to Billie Eilish, you were made by God. You belong to God. You exist for God, for his pleasure. And Billy, you will be restless apart from God because you will only know true love when you see who you are in his eyes, a beloved child. And your purpose is to reflect that love into the world. And Billy, at the end of your days, you will return to God. And my prayer is that when you see him, it will be with the joyful recognition of climbing back into the arms of the one who made you. We have a purpose to mirror God's love into the world. 
people who don't believe that God created us in the world, they're likely to believe that we came from nothing, we're alive on this earth for no purpose, and when we die, we go nowhere. I wonder how you're doing at understanding your purpose and mirroring the love of God into your world. Another brilliant so what that comes out of our beginning story is that we need each other. Later on in, uh, further on in chapter two of Genesis, God points out that there's one thing wrong with his original creation, and that is that it's not good for a man to be alone. What he is saying there is that we were created to be in community, to have friends, to have fellowship. So he creates woman to stand beside man. How are you doing with treasuring and supporting and moving into community, especially the church, which is God's own family? We are not created to be alone. Another important so what of our beginning story, and this is something that distinguishes the Christian worldview, is that every human being is worthy of dignity and honour. The expression made in the image of God has had profound influence on the understanding of humankind. Man and woman bear his family resemblance, his DNA, the notion that everyone, rich or poor, strong or weak, useful or in need of care, we all bear the divine image and are precious in his sight. I wonder how that truth affects your attitudes and your behaviour. And maybe lastly, and I love this one, is that creation is God's gift to us. It is good. We are meant to move out into life and enjoy it with thankfulness. And that includes art and music and sport and intellectual pursuits and lying on the beach at night looking up at the stars and dancing like nobody's watching and enjoying a great bottle of wine with friends and watching a quality film and listening to a brilliant concert and watching Collingwood win the grand final and cooking a delicious batch of muffins and running 10K in a race. We're all called to not only enjoy creation, but to be stewards of it. To steward something is to is to realise that you're meant to care for it and look after it, not to dominate it. You know, Christians should be the biggest advocates for the protection of our beautiful environment. What's your report card at enjoying and protecting the creation God has given us? So perhaps I can summarise in this one sentence, our beginning story. The good God created a good world in which to put good people to do good work. I wonder what you would mark your report card on this one. This is the beginning story that we are called back to 
again and again. And this beginning story fills me with joy and hope because as it was at the beginning, it will be again. Every problem, every darkness, every tear that we experience now, this is not as it will be in the end. We will finish as God began it, in harmony with him, living in his beloved creation, but a newly made earth. In Revelation, it says God's home is now among his people. I wish I could say that the journey between the beginning and the end was a stroll down the rose-covered path, but we all know the truth is so different from that and in many ways it has its ugly aspects. Next week we will look at the next part of our beginning story, the really sad part. So as step one of our journey on this meta-narrative of the Bible, in each of these weeks we're going to give you an image and a short biblical phrase just to help you to remember. So we hope by the end of this, you'll be able, there'll be 10, uh, by the time we finish, you'll be able to remember the 10 images and the 10 phrases, and you will have this amazing understanding of the meta-narrative of the scripture. So this week, our image is the tree, just to indicate the creation of the world. And our phrase is, let us create mankind in our own image. And I hope I've been able to unpack how important that phrase is. Homework for next week. On your screen, you have five scriptures. So my encouragement is for you to spend time on five of the days this week, reading those scriptures, maybe doing the soap process on it that I taught you last week. And let's uh, come back next week ready to talk about the next, the next big rock in our meta-narrative of the Bible.